Hi, Bridgewater. We have loved going through our This Is Us message series with you these last few weeks. We've been revisiting our core values week by week and wanted to take the opportunity to let you know how God has been working among us, allowing us to experience growth related to each of our values while enabling us to move toward the goals we set in the beginning of 2023. Week one was we give because he gave. So far this year, we've experienced a 10% increase in general fund giving over last year. God is stirring up generosity in our church and he's using you to help fuel the mission of making more and better disciples in the communities God has positioned us to influence. On top of that, so many of you are generously giving of your time and talents to help meet the needs in our communities. And on Be The Church Sunday, more than 800 of us got to do that together in a coordinated effort. Week two was saved people, serve people. God has used you to reach into our communities in numerous ways, through things like equipping students in need with school supplies, volunteering at food banks, partnering with your local communities in parades and festivals, ministering to families by hosting events in local parks, and so much more. Some of you have even taken seriously the call on Sunday services to come early, park far, and sit close. And many others have decided to join a volunteer team to serve at our weekend services. Did you know that there are over 500 people who serve in ministries at Bridgewater? Thank you. Week three was found people find people. We love seeing people trust in Jesus as their forgiver and leader. We can't get enough of Carnation celebrations in our services. And I'm happy to let you know that so far this year, we've seen 54 people trust Jesus for salvation. And you are faithfully inviting people to church it might surprise you to know that we've averaged 1,867 people in attendance across all our locations in 2023. That's a 15.6% increase over last year. Week four was life is better connected. God uses people to change people. And so many of you are so faithfully giving your time to others through personal relationships, many of which are formed through our small groups. You're also inviting people to come with you to church. This year alone, 619 people self-identified as first-time guests and came through our doors to hear about Jesus. And most of them came at your invitation. Today, we're zeroing in on the value everybody has a next step. There are so many different next steps someone could take, but let me highlight just two. 79 people across all our campuses have taken their next step, going public with their faith in Jesus by being baptized this year and 85 people have given financially to God through Bridgewater for the very first time. We are grateful to God for all he's doing among us, and we're so grateful for the ways you're willing to trust and follow him. Let's head into this fall expecting God to work and committing to value what he values. This is us. Wow, I hope that you think that is great news right there, huh? That is excellent. I am, uh, I am so excited to be here. I just want to let you know that even since the recording of that, uh, since, since Josh recorded that video, we are now up to 61 people who have taken the next step and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So that is great news. As a church, that is something that we love being about, and that's lives changed. Hey, my name is Joel. I am so glad to be here with you this morning and having the opportunity to come in and do this final part of this series, This Is Us. I hope you're excited to be a part of a church that is, that is excited about showing, all right, what they do, what is meaningful, what is purposeful, what the purpose is behind 
what we do as a church. We want you to know this is why we do what we do. It's for changed lives. It's the process of making what we say more and better disciples, more and better followers of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as we come this morning, we are, and even as Josh mentioned right there, we're on the final part of this series. And it's the part that we believe that everybody has a next step. But before we get there, I just want to say a few things. Um, this morning, I, I walked in here with a wonderful hat like this because I just like to do things like this and just to rub a few fans that are here. I know, I see ugly shirts around and uh, people sitting up proud, pulling those out. You know, other people walk in with like a Green Bay Packers hat on or something like that. Uh, you know, they grew up in, back in the 60s. Anyway, um, <laughs> that was just bad. But anyway, the Eagles bringing back this nice logo right here. I'm, uh, I have some green hair. It might not show out there to you now. But for opening day, you know, I thought, yeah, I got to do what you got to do. Or it may be that you do it for a fundraiser for a church that's raising money, something like that, and you're happy to do that for them as well. So if you're wondering who the goofy guy is up there with the goofy colored hair, or if you didn't notice, now you will notice a little bit. It is fading and going away, but it was to raise money for Compassion International. We love that. So that is wonderful. But anyway, I brought in this wonderful hat right here, and I had it sitting over there on my chair. And our wonderful guitar player, electric guitar player over here, Josh, he kindly put this ugly thing over top of it so that when I walked up there, um, I had to see that, which I thought was rather funny. But that, if, it's too, if you're too far away, that's good old NY. I'm not sure what that stands for. Um, I don't know. Anyway, but that, that was sitting over there. And then second service, all right, second service, they're sitting over there so I can bring this fine hat up again just to show it off a little bit. And don't you know it, but Joe, he pulls them both away and puts something. Oh, you're all. Get, get, get that out of there. We don't want that in there, right? All right. Hey, um, I'm pretty sure you didn't come because you were looking for me to give you the pregame talk about all the events of the day if you were a football fan. And if you are not a football fan, I am sorry because today starts uh, every Sunday until the second weekend of February, it's on. There are a handful of us that celebrate. There are a handful of you that cringe and you're just there like, oh. And now Joel's gonna talk about that. But, but let me just uh, say, as football season starts, this right here, all right, there's gonna be a trophy. Right, This trophy right here is, this is the standard. All right, um, for those of you that don't care, just bear with me for just a minute. But this right here is the standard. This is what everybody, there's 32 teams right now. Well, two already started Thursday night, but the other 30 are starting today. And their desire is that that second Sunday in February, they want to be holding up and celebrating with this trophy. That wonderful Eagles team fell one game short last year. So our hopes are high this year. So what does that mean? They'll be dashed early and will be brokenhearted. We hope not. But, but regardless, that's the standard, and it's a high standard, all right? If you don't win that, oh, boy, your heart breaks. You hope you finish 1 in 17 so you get the first draft choice or something like that, right? For some of us in our lives, let me, let me shift this off of football. For some of us, we live in a world. Um, we grew up, maybe grew up in a world where you thought there were standards that were just 
too high to meet, standards that we're too high to acquire. Whether it's having a dad that focuses on how you mow the lawn, make sure, whoa, whoa, you missed the blade over there, right? You're like, oh, for crying out loud, it's grass, it grows, it'll be okay, dad, leave me alone. Not that I know any dads that are like that, all right? But um, just, well, I might have some issues. But, but you have standards, right? And mom and dad may have held you to a high standard. Well, your older sibling did this. Why can't you do that? Or, or whatever it may be, there are standards and we fall short. And if we're not careful in our lives, right, we get frustrated and we let that defeat us and we let it destroy us. And the same is true in our Christian walk, right? If you are here and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we are so glad that you are here. If you are here and you are just wondering about, hey, I'm not certain about all this Christianity stuff. I'm not certain about following Christ. But you know what? I had a friend who invited me or I wanted to come over and I want to see, or the band was tremendous, right? And I wanted to come in and I wanted to hear them. But here we are and we have this standard that is set for us in Christianity. And sometimes that standard is way up here. And we fall short and we're like, boy, and we work and we work and we work and we try harder and we try harder and we work harder and we try to do better and boop, I fall short again. Well, this morning, that's what we want to talk about. You see, because all of us have a next step. And while Jesus Christ was the standard bearer, it is realized that we are not able to live perfect lives in this world, but rather we are broken individuals. But rather, this morning, we are going to talk about something that we just sang about, that there is a Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, right? Dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. And when we sing that, we think, ooh, the Lord is in this building. But Jesus would have said something different because Jesus would have said, I will send you a comforter that will be with you. And it's his spirit. And when we speak about the Lord is in this place, it's God that is in this place. We are a temple. We are a dwelling of the Holy Spirit. So the Lord is in this place right here. And I have a Holy Spirit that can help me when those standards seem so high and I can't reach them, but rather a Holy Spirit that can work in my life and lead me and guide me and help me to do better. So this morning, that is what we are going to be looking at as we walk through a passage of scripture. We're going to be looking mostly at the book of Galatians. Um, and as we look at the book of Galatians, the writer of the book of Galatians is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul is someone who wrote a good portion of our New Testament. And as a matter of fact, we'll even look at a couple other passages that the Apostle Paul wrote for us throughout the morning. But as we get ready and as we look at this book of Galatians, I want to just give you a little bit of a backdrop as to where it is that we are talking about. So when we look at Galatians, Paul, all right, the writer, he is calling believers back to follow Christ. All right, and to follow Christ alone. Now, this is written just a couple of decades after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not written hundreds of years later, but rather it's Paul that is right there who had an encounter with Jesus, who is not, who once was an enemy of followers of Jesus Christ, persecuting them. His life is now changed and he is a follower of Jesus Christ. And he's calling people back in this city called Galatia and in this letter that is called, that we call Galatians, all right? He is calling people back to follow Christ alone because something had come into their life that you and I can be familiar with. Other things. In order to be a follower of Christ, you've got to do this as well and this as well. And back there in that time, guess what it was? It was they needed to follow the Ten Commandments. You see, it was Christ and the Ten Commandments. It was Christ 
and Judaism, which makes sense. Why? Because Judaism is what, what? Christ came. He was the Messiah of the Jews. So all of a sudden they're like, oh, we got to marry these two together and put them together. So it's follow Christ and Judaism. The problem for some of the guys was that meant that they needed to have surgery, right? There needed to be circumcision. and They're scratching their heads. They're wondering, I don't know that I like that idea. And, and there was a problem in the early church. And as a matter of fact, in the book of Acts, they even talk about that. Right? Luke, who was a reporter who went around and reported all that, gave some detail as to that. But here Paul is saying, look, no, no, no. He is calling these believers back to follow Christ alone. And one of the things that we're reminded of is that Christ, all right, Christ even said, told his disciples as they came together, he got them all together after he had resurrected, all right, after the resurrection, he brings them together and he stands there and he tells them, listen, gentlemen, I want you to know, I'm going to give you a marching order. We call it the Great Commission, if you're familiar with it. But one of the things that he says in there, as he started that whole passage out, he goes, all authority is given to me. All authority. You know what all usually means? It means all. It means all authority was given to him. That, what did that mean? It meant, guess what? Guys, you know what? Moses, the Ten Commandments, those used to be your things. They're no longer your things. It's me. I want you to go and I want you to make followers of me. And I want you to teach them what I have done, right? And that became the marching order for the early church. And Paul is reminding them here that it's back to Christ alone. Their standing before Christ was based on faith in what Christ had done and nothing else. It wasn't based on faith plus my works, faith plus what I've done, or for us, faith plus my church attendance, faith plus my church giving, faith plus my helping the needy. All good things, all things that we should do. But our faith in Jesus Christ was based on him alone. It was not earned. It was given. It wasn't something they could earn. And they were called to be free in Christ. He had to remind them of that because here in Galatians, there were some that were taking, all right, we got to follow all the rules of the Old Testament. So we got to make sure that we follow everything to the T. Christ said, nope, nope, nope. You're free from that. But there were others that were saying, oh, well, if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, then good, everything goes. I can go live however I want. I believe in Jesus Christ. That's good. So I can go out and sin and do whatever it is that I like. And Paul's there, wait, 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 back that one up. You're not doing that either. You've got it wrong on both accounts. So somewhere in the middle, we meet. And as we walk through this passage of Galatians, all right, we are told and we find out that one of the things that each one of us understands as we have a next step and Paul is trying to help us here as we go through this. So Galatians chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, if you have your phone, you can bring it up on your, on your device there. Or the other option is it will be on the screens right here for you as well. And we'll just walk through these passages. It is a New Living Translation that we use. Pastor Tim explained that last week, I believe, as we start using that. Um, so we are excited about that. But here's what Paul started out. And he I shouldn't say started out, but as he gets towards this passage, chapter five in this, he says these words to them. So I say, let the Holy Spirit, it's all about how are you going to live your life? He's talking about, this is how you're going to live your life. And he's telling them, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Well, that's really easy to say, Paul, because yeah, that's a great idea. Let this Holy Spirit guide our lives. That, uh, all right, I'm up for that. But the problem is my sinful nature is at battle within me. And he goes on and says that in the next verse, right? The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. There's these two 
factions at war within us. They're butting up against one another. They're coming against one another. What are we supposed to do with that? They're, they're right there. Um, and as these desires are, these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. Well, then Paul, I'm just defeated and I'm lost. If I'm, if I'm stuck between the two battles and it's just a stalemate, what am I supposed to do? He continues on by saying this, but when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Back to that idea that we are being directed by something else. Something else is at work within our lives. You see, the Holy Spirit is there. And when we are directed, when we allow him to direct, when we allow him to have that part and influence into our lives and move us, it will direct us in the direction that we need to go and not under law, not under restrictions, not being held back, not being told, oh, no, no, this is the only way, but rather through the Spirit. Continues on. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So he's going to give us some very good detail here. Paul just says, listen, right here's what happens. You want to follow those desires of your sinful nature? Here are the results. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, and he continues with that passage going, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Whew. The good news is we're not anything like that, right? That's just the church back 2,000 years ago because I doubt any of us struggle with any of those issues, correct? You guys are much better than the first service. Some of them, they struggled with it. You got, you got it right, right? No, we all, what do we do? We all struggle with this. We struggle in these areas of our lives. It may not be the list of everything that I struggle with, right? There are some things I check up. Nope, that's not me. Nope, that's not me. Uh-oh, well, maybe we should skip that one. That one's for other people. Plus, that's because of somebody else in my life. If they wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't have that problem. And the last thing I would ever do is I wouldn't get angry, God, if you didn't put these people around me, all right? If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have anger issues. That's what we think anyway, right? When we get that in there. But Paul goes through that list. And what's amazing is as Paul gives that to them, to them 2,000 years ago, it's just as applicable to us today. We struggle in those areas. I've never heard of sexual impurity. Anybody in a church having those issues, right? Yeah, we've never heard of that. Never heard of anybody within the church having anger, right? Never had that. Yeah, never heard of it. Never. That's us. It's where we walk. It's where we live. And other sins, just in case we missed one, there's other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So we're defeated. We're destroyed. We're down. What do we do? All right, there's, well, why, why continue? Have a good morning. Let's call it a day. We're, let's sing another song and go. We're already down. However, Paul continues on and he gives one of the best words and, and it shows up in the Bible. It's just some wonderful times throughout the entire scripture. And it's right there, but. See, those are some of the things that we are. Those are some of the things that we struggle with. Those are some of the problems that each one of, we ha uh, each one of us has. But guess what? There is something that takes place and Paul says, but, but the Holy Spirit. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
the Holy Spirit that I have given that resides within you, that you have the power of. It's at your, it's there for you to take. It's there for your asking. But the Holy Spirit ah, produces. That is great news for us. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Are you kidding me? Gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. That list right there, I don't like people like that, right? Any of you like people like that? Love, joy, peace, gentle, kind, patient, long-suffering, right? We don't like that list of people, right? Those aren't the fun people, right? Gentleness and self-control. Those are the people that we want around us, especially when we mess up in life, when we goof up, when we don't reach the standard. <clears throat> that's what we want around us. And that's what the Holy Spirit is producing. That's what the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. Paul continues on and he says this, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Those sinful desires of our nature crucified to the cross. The problem is they don't always stay there for us, do they? We wish it was a one time, bam, 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 into the tree. We could go out back and we could make that, write that on a note and that's all done but it doesn't. Far too often they come down off. But the good news is this. They were defeated by the resurrection of our Savior who did die on the cross and took those sins there for us. And there they were crucified for us. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. The Spirit is trying to work within us, and many times we allow that sinful nature to quench him out, to send him out and say, yeah, I don't want to do that. Be kind and gentle. Nah, I don't think I need to do that today. That's for another day, right? Let us not become, he continues on by telling us, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Paul has given us a passage here of saying, look, there are two natures at work within you. They are warring together. They are warring against one another. How are we going to do? Are we just going to give in to the sinful nature always and just follow that? Or are we going to follow the spirit of Christ? And right there is what it is. Are you guided by your sinful desires or are you guided by the Holy Spirit? You see, our sinful desires say, me, 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 me. Let me do what is best for me. And I know that because I'm me. But the Holy Spirit says, you know what? Let's be guided by, but God, Paul says, let's be guided by the Holy Spirit who looks out around and says, let me look. How is it that I serve? How is it that I love? How is it that I care for and honor others? Are you guided by the Holy Spirit? Right through those passages, this is what he says. The Holy Spirit guides us, right? He guides us. He gives us desires. The Holy Spirit gives us desires. Verse 17, he directs us. He gives us direction. The Holy Spirit points us in direction, points us the way that we should go. And the Holy Spirit produces those fruits that were in our lives. Look at that list of fruits again right there, right through there, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Things that the Holy Spirit will produce in our lives if, he will allow, if we will allow him to have control, if we will allow him to lead in our lives. So which one are we guided by? Which is the one that's doing the guiding in our lives? Which is the way that we're going? How is it that we are getting there? How is it that we are following? How is it that we are moving forward in our everyday life? 
um, in the first service, uh, I, I, mentioned, I mentioned this to them. Sometimes, sometimes we think that it's all or nothing. I missed out. I goofed up. I did wrong again. So I'm just done. I'm giving up. My dad had an anger issue. I have an anger issue. It's just part of me. It's who I am, right? Oh, I've messed up again. I, it's, it's just who I am. I can't change it. And we think that that's okay. It gives us a pass, right? Somehow, whatever, it, we, we don't need to change. But changing our lives is sometimes that one step at a time. Thus, the idea, everybody has a next step. And sometimes those steps aren't so easy to take. Um, in, in our first service, we had a young man who, uh, who threw a touchdown pass on Friday night. That's pretty exciting, right? Um, he's not here for us to clap for him, and I, I don't even know that he would have wanted that anyway. But Friday night, in his, in his first uh, varsity football game, I believe, as a sophomore, he throws a touchdown pass on a halfback option. Now, I just, I'm, I'm wondering this for him. Um, I wonder, is that the first time you ever threw a football? Probably was. He had probably never done it again. He probably saw him down there playing and thought, you know what, I could run down there and help out with him, right? In our Christian walk, somehow that's how we think it is. It's just an all change, rated nothing that my whole life has to become. And we think that of other people as well, right? Ooh, that person just claimed to be a follower and yet they're not doing the things that I know that they should do. But what did it take for that, for that young man to do that in football? He's been playing football for years. A, guy, a young man that loves football. They've practiced that play for probably weeks, maybe even through the summer months as they continued. And here they make that call, and out he goes, and he makes that completion, and the excitement of that in a game, being able to do that. Our walk with Christ is the same. The Holy Spirit is at work within us. And if we don't take steps, if we don't practice, we don't say, you know what, Lord, I need you to step in here and help me with the way I think about these individuals. Because I know when I start to think about them, my mind, my selfish desires want to take me this way. But I want your Holy Spirit to start working in my life and transforming me. And Paul even says that in Romans. Paul, Paul the same writer that wrote to the church of Galatia, he writes to the church in Rome. Why? Because he's trying to instruct them. And he's trying to help them in the same area. And in chapter 7 of Romans, he says the very thing of, listen, the very things that I want to do are the things that I don't do. And the very things that I don't want to do are the very things that I do do. And he says, oh, wretched man that I am. And then in chapter eight, he comes across and he says, there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. That's talking about us. If you are a follower of Christ, there is no condemnation. Yeah, but you don't know what I did last night. Are you a follower of Christ? There's no condemnation. Just like he said in Galatians, it was crucified to the cross. But he gives us instruction. And he says, those who, were who are dominated by the sinful nature, think about sinful things. Don't be dominated by that. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about things that please the Spirit. What's he saying? It's a battle that's taking place in our thoughts, in our minds. So letting the sinful nature, he continues on by saying this, so letting the sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Even a little bit later in that book of uh, Romans, we don't have the verse up here for you, but a little bit later he says in chapter 12, he says, be transformed daily. He's talking to followers of Christ, be transformed daily. Why? Because he's aware of this difficulty that goes on in here. You see, it's not our, it's not our rules that lead us, but it's our desires that lead us. Sometimes we wish that it was the rules that led us. We could always do well, right? 
but it's the desires that get us and they take over us and they catch us. And he tells us in chapter 12, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind daily. It's not a one time and done process, but guess what? It's something that we have to do on a regular basis. And when Paul writes to another church, this is all Paul just writing early on because he realizes the battle that followers of Jesus Christ are having because we have this nature, these two natures that are, 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 are warring against each other. He says this to the church at Colossae in Colossians. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. follow. He's referencing back to what Christ did while he was on earth. He's referencing back to Christ and his interaction with his disciples. Follow me. You see, it was a call to believe, but it was even greater than a call to believe. It was a call to come and follow me. All right. And he said, I want you, as I referenced earlier, I want you to, I have all authority. It's been given me. Guess what? I want you to go and make followers of me, teaching them to do what? What I have taught you. Those were the words of Jesus Christ. So we need to be those that are following Christ, which means that we need to be having our minds transformed by the power of Christ so that as we follow him, we can let our roots grow down deep into him and let our lives be built on him. Then our faith will go strong and the truth you were taught and your will and you will overflow with thankfulness. You see, we become more like Jesus one step at a time. Just like the athlete becomes better one practice, one workout at a time. Just like whatever it is that you do for a hobby, whatever it is that you do for work, whatever it is that you do in your area of life, you get better one step at a time. That's the way it works within our Christianity if we let the Holy Spirit take over and become better with him. The process of becoming more like Jesus is a process of living less by the desires of the flesh and instead being guided by the Spirit. But if you're like me, it's the desires of the flesh, right? They grab on to us. They seem to have a stronghold and they want to hold on tight. But you see, each one of us, we have a next step in our life. Let me just use a little bit of a personal story here. Um, a number of years ago, shortly after graduating college, it's probably like three or four years ago, I think, for me. <laughs> what? Now you laugh? Huh? Right? My, my now wife and I, we were dating back at that time. And all, I, I, had, I, I, came, I grew up in a Christian family, very thankful for the Christian heritage that I have, my mom and my dad, my siblings, all right, the family that surrounded me. So thankful for that, growing up in that. And when I went to college, I went away to college, and, and while I was there, I started attending a church. But while I attended that church most of my four years in college, um, I was really just a Sunday morning, and, and also at that time still a little bit of a Sunday night Christian. But I, I didn't know anybody there. I didn't do church with anybody there. The good news was I was at a Christian college, so I had a handful of Christian friends around me. But after you graduate, some of them, they move away. And, and I remember distinctively um, just deciding at one point, you know what, I am going to make church 
Thus, God following Christ, more important in my life. And church isn't going to just be a one hour a week and out the door and the other 167 hours are mine, but rather it's going to become something that's important to me. And Deb and I, we, we actually, we made that decision together. And, and back then, um, the, way, the way to go about it wasn't going back and signing up in a small group and stuff like that, but rather we, we decided we, we got to go to a Sunday, we're going to get involved in a Sunday school class. And um, Sunday school class, that was that. Was that. And, and it was a, we went to a rather large church. I'd gone to a rather large church throughout that time frame. And so we went in. We were going to be part of what was the college and career group or whatever that was. And we show up like you did back then, wearing, our, wearing my suit and tie, you know, dressed all nice. And Deb was wearing a dress and everything like that. And we did the other thing that you do back then. You know, you walk all the way up to the front because all the regulars were already sitting in the back. They all knew that they had to be there. So it's a small, just for this group, it's a smaller room. But I mean, just, just so you know, as we're walking in there, I, and this is true, I still remember this. You felt so awkward walking in there because I don't know anybody. You know what I felt like? I felt like a Cowboys fan of the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. But, but it's awkward. But it was taking the next step. And what was that step? It was directed by the Holy Spirit in my life. Because can I tell you something? I'm not smart enough to make a good decision like that. All right? But the Holy Spirit is saying, you know what, Joel? You've got a lot of life ahead of you. And you probably need some people around you that have wisdom there for you. And guess where you can find those people? You can find them in a gathering of the church, of the community, of the believers. Thus, Pastor Tim, last week when he speaks about joining one of our groups, right? He's there like, come and join a group. Why? Because you need people around us. And all those years ago, all right, Deb and I made friends with people that guess what? They helped us through life. What did they do? They helped us with becoming better parents. They helped us with dating, with getting married. Then the better parent part, all right? Um, ask my kids. They'll say that we failed that part, all right? But we tried at least, right? And we had those around us that were supporting us. And throughout the midst of that, what did we do? Our faith grew in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Why? Because we were surrounded by people that had an interest in us. We were surrounded by people that we could help out as well behind us. And we got involved in things. We got involved in serving in church. Who? Working with youth ministry. All right. And all those years ago, I didn't wind up with the green hair, right? But we work with that and it leads through. And God takes you in directions and paths that you may never see. You may never understand. Back then, I never thought that I would stand up and speak in front of people. I hated public speaking. You guys wish I'd stayed that way. Thanks a lot. But anyway, now I actually enjoy it. I like coming up here and talking, right? And picking on the Cowboys, picking on other things. But, but anyway, no. But God worked in our lives. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives you direction and pushes you forward in your life. And who knew that just the next step like that would give us friends for life that would lead us forward? Your next step, I'm not sure what it may be, but I'm willing to bet that it involves somebody around you that you can do life with. What we've learned over those years is there are no perfect churches. And you know why there are no perfect churches? Because they're made up of people like us. We're imperfect people. And it's led by people like us. They are there are no perfect leaders. And in the midst of that, and in the midst of those growing pains, sometimes your next step is along a pathway or along a staircase that has a broken board in it. And guess what happens? You fall through and you get hurt. But when you have a community around you, you're there and they pick you up 
and they lift you up. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is speaking through them to be gentle, to be kind, to serve and to love others, to have patience, to have peace. And in the midst of a life that some, can sometimes be so easy for me to give out judgment, the Holy Spirit allows, to say, allows me to say, no, 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 not judgment, grace. Because that's what I gave to you, grace, when you didn't deserve it. And that's the Holy Spirit at work within our lives that allows us to do that. But if we say, no, I don't want any of that. If I just want to be alone all by myself, we get stuck. And does it mean that we're perfect. It doesn't. As a matter of fact, sometimes it means I'm a little bit like one of, one of the words of one of our modern, great modern theologians. Um, let me remember his name. Uh, Jelly Roll. Yeah, there you go. That's a great theologian, right? Jelly Roll. You see, sometimes I'm only one drink away or just one dumb decision away from the devil. But the good news is, I'm only one call, or in my life, one prayer away from home, or from a Savior that is there, that is ready to save me. You see, I'm a little messed up. Sometimes I'm a little right. Sometimes I'm a little wrong. I'm just rolling along in the middle sometimes. But I have a Holy Spirit, and I have people around me that will walk through life with me. And you see, the Holy Spirit is there. Why? Because there is one that wants to break you down and make you realize that the brokenness of your life can't be healed. It can't be taken care of. He wants you to think that, bah, it's broken. Just give up. It's done. People, that's the way they behave. You're stuck. But you see, in the middle of that brokenness, the Holy Spirit says, no, I can come in and I can change. I can give love. I can give grace. I can give peace in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of the hurt relationships. I can give gentleness. I can give peace. Whenever all I want to do is be fight and be ready to go, I can give grace, as I just said, when it seems like I should be judging. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. Why? Because God is at work in our lives. And he's at work in your life if you were a follower of Jesus Christ through his Holy Spirit. And I would encourage you we each have a next step. Here at Bridgewater, for some of you, that next step is to become a follower of Christ and be the next celebration of a carnation over there. Right? That's, that's your next step. For others of you, it's, it's joining a small group, like I mentioned even this morning. For some of the others, for some of the younger ones, it's joining the student ministries, the student ministries that are going to be kicking off today. What an exciting opportunity. For some of us, it's inviting a friend out next week. Why? Because silly Mario is out there. What a tremendous job that is, right? But we want people, why? Because we want them to be involved in Mario? No, we want them to come in. We want them to become a part of what we know about the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So for some of us, it's inviting a friend to come with us next week. And for others of us, you know what it is? It's doing exactly what Josh said in the video. It's showing up early. Why? Because we're expecting people to come. It's parking far. Why? Because we want to leave this closer spots for those that get here late. No, no, no. We want to leave the closer spots for our visitors, right? It's sitting close. You want to come up close because Pastor Tim's going to be speaking and he's much better looking than me. So you want to be able to see him. When I speak, you want to sit, you want to sit behind the wall. But, but anyway, it's, it's, it's sitting close. Why? So that we can leave those back, through, back, back rows open so that the newcomers don't have to come all the way up and feel that awkwardness of, ooh, is this where I have to go? Right? And it's staying late and it's interacting with people. 
But I want you to be encouraged. In the midst of a broken life, in the midst of the brokenness of life, let me say it that way, in the midst of the brokenness of life, we have a Holy Spirit who says, here are the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, patience. Those are things that we can have in our life. We each have a next step. What's your next step? I pray that God and his Holy Spirit will encourage you today. Pray with me if you would, please. God, as we close our time this morning, I I say thank you for each one that is here. I pray that you would bless. I pray that you would encourage them. Lord, these, uh, these things, these, these words that I stand up here and say, they are much easier to say than they are to do. And God, it is because there is desires. There are desires within our lives. And God, we give in, we cave. But Lord, help each one of us to follow the Holy Spirit who is at work within our lives to make us more like you. Lord, in a fallen world, more like you. God, I pray your blessing on each one of us here. I ask that you would encourage, that you would lead, that you would direct. I say thank you for them. God, we pray that you would do immeasurably greater than we can even imagine through the power that is at work in us, through our Lord, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray this. Amen. Thank you.